What's going on, everybody? You're listening to Small State Big Takes presented by House Enterprise. We have a message from our friends over at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Whether it's a college football bet, an NFL bet, or all types of sports bets, the DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. If you use the code SSBT and bet $5, you can instantly score up to $200 in bonus bets. Listen to the episode to hear more information about this DraftKings promo, but if you're a new customer, head on down to the DraftKings Sportsbook, use the code SSBT, and instantly score those bonus bets. Enjoy the episode, and remember, the house always wins. Welcome back to Small State of Big Takes, episode 251, coming off an absolute banger with our boy Ed Hand. Um, Josh is not here. He's got a crazy work schedule right now, but uh, Steve is also probably not coming because he's he's Stevie Bales these days. You know, I can never count on him, but you've got the two old reliables here. We're ready to rock it for a little bit, Uh, so... Uh, Gilly, what is going on? What's on your mind? How are we feeling? I know you were at the Phillies game the other day. Have you recovered? You know, I have. Um, it took a minute, though. I'll be honest with you. Um, but no, I'm I'm chilling. I hope you're doing well. My, I did have a, you know what? I don't have a whole lot of uh, opening big takes recently. However, I do have one that crossed my mind today, and it feels a little sacrilegious to say this. Um, but that Phillies playoff game was low-key, I think, the best playoff environment I have been in. And obviously, as someone who's a Red Sox fan, it kind of pained me to say that. Like, I've seen even just, like, a hostile environment standpoint, like, pretty wild. Like, it was the only D-back fans I saw were in the friends and family section of uh, like, you know what I mean? It's like, clearly like they're all wearing black, like, okay. They are with the diamondbacks. I, everyone else was Phillies fans. It was crazy. It was like from the opening pitch and it helps that Schwarber hit a bomb on the first pitch of the game. That was <laughs> or sick. the first pitch for the Phillies, at least on the bottom. That was sick. Right. I'm just like, Oh my God, it's so on. But, uh, but yeah, so I, again, that kind of, kind of hurts me to say, but yeah, I think that playoff environment is, this is the real deal. And again, I, I think some people are a little, I don't know, Philly fans are a little full of it on Twitter. Like, I don't know if you saw the shit about them uh, kind of laying into Merrill Carroll Kelly for first, like, yeah, know, he said he respected the Phillies, but he, he also played in the World Baseball Classic in Miami against Venezuela. Yeah, that like was that, a crazy that environment. Was too. So, yeah, that's not an insult to be like, and also, like, what do you? What the hell do you want these people to say to be like, yeah, I am terrified to play in Philadelphia? <laughs> no, like, no, he's going to be like, no, I've played in these environments before. And he's right. So, but yeah, so that being said, probably the craziest baseball playoff environment I've ever been in. Maybe, maybe sports environment ever, too, because I really I think I've only been to like one football playoff game. It wasn't really that crazy. Yep. I don't know. So, Honestly, in my experience. Um, Gillette Stadium. The the fans there, even when, especially when they were, you know, the Patriots, the fans never really got crazy. Like it was never crazy environments or anything. They're not lunatics, like you know, like when the like 
Jets opening night this this year. That was crazy. The Eagles mm-hmm. or, you know, the, the Raiders back in the day, like, I don't know. I think football environments are different than baseball, in my opinion. Um, the the wild card game against the Yankees a couple of years ago, 21. That game was sick. Uh, I went to that game. That was definitely the best sports environment that I've been to. I will say, Gilly, you know, I do have the opportunity if the Phillies win the World Series to to make a trip out there. I don't know if you heard of that, but uh, that know, is true. That is true. That, That'll be that, I'll tell you what. No, I I can't wait. I I hope that uh, that's a slim I chance that I, I that you know I you know I've got backup options as my as my prize in 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 that contest, but. Um, you know, I definitely have to to think about that one. If, if the Phillies do that thing and make a trip out there, um, that would be sick. That would be, yeah. I mean, hey, you, you got a place to crash too if you want to come through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, save some no. cash. But uh, I, I said at the beginning of the playoffs, the only place I think I would consider going is Philly because it's. Probably the closest, maybe Baltimore, but like, do I want to go to see a playoff game in Cannon Yards? Like, I don't know. Although their fan base got, you know, went up some notches this year, I would say, in the in the passion sweepstakes because they actually have a good team and the whole birdbath thing. Yeah, it's corny, but you know what? At least they have a corny gimmick to to do. I, you know, that's my uh, rebuttal to the people that think it's lame and corny. You know what? At least they're getting fans to show up to Baltimore now to have something sure. lame and corny. Cause for the past six, seven years or whatever it's been, they haven't had any of that. They've had three people out in the stands watching uh, Chris Tillman just chuck up meatballs. So uh, at least they've got something, you know, <laughs> I always forget about Chris Tillman. He, he was like the definition of an innings eater. No. He was, yeah, and, no. uh, and then all of a sudden he just let – you know, he never pitched for anybody else either. He wasn't a guy that tried to fight anywhere else. Maybe in the minors. He might have got like a minor league deal somewhere. I feel like that's what happened. But he never yeah. pitched in the bigs again. It is funny, those guys. Like, I don't know. You're, you're right. I wonder how much of that was – you know what? It's, it probably goes both ways too where it's like, do you think the Orioles held on to him longer than they should have to have been like, he's fine, he's fine. And then by the time that he actually had a chance to try somewhere else, it was like, oh, no, he's cooked. Like, it's kind of a yeah, interesting probably, like, it could be loyalty on both ways that kind of burned both of them to be like, all right, well, shit. Probably a little bit of both. But he was also in like a weird spot where was I think he was there like at the end of that run with Machado and whatnot when they were in the playoffs and then they blew it up. And then for years there, he was just like the guy they threw out there every fifth day. And he was like, oh, this guy would be good. Is he a trade deadline piece? Oh, no, they're going to hold on to him to build off of it, blah, blah, blah. And then he just sucked, and and then, he, and then he's out of the league. So sucks to see, but it happens. And the, and then you have guys like Kevin Gaussman, who they just gave up on, becomes like, oh, he's kind of good here. <clears throat> oh, wait, he found a new pitch. Now he's nasty. Oh, he got a big deal, and now he's in your division tearing you apart. Kind of funny how that works out. That is true. Especially, yeah, that's almost like a Pirates-esque mistake where it's like well shit like especially to be in the division too to be like wait we, we need an ace we're in the playoffs we won 100 <laughs> games like oh if only there were some options that we yeah. that we had instead but no yeah you're right the orioles i i low-key was thinking about i, I kind of wish they made a deeper playoff run because philly being so close to baltimore that's like a quick flight even True. a train ride or drive like that would have been 
I was thinking about it. However, the wild card playoff tickets were kind of expensive. Yeah, so, they 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 sold the house there, you know, and yeah. made I a quick buck. Thing, to be honest, but <clears throat> they're uh, they're going to be around for a while, unfortunately. But let's get down to it. Um, this morning I made a series of tweets because for some reason it's that time of the year where just outrageous things get thrown out there by outrageous people. Usually I don't pay much attention to it, but when my favorite player in baseball gets mentioned as possible slight, maybe trade candidate to my favorite team, that being Juan Soto to the Red Sox. And they throw this trade package out of Miguel blaze, someone else, someone else, someone else. I mean, there are Red Sox fans that are instantly saying no to this hypothetical trade. And it just, fucking blows my mind their prospect they're at the point where they don't want to let it go of any prospect whatsoever and you have a good farm system right now some Mm -hmm. would say very good where there is zero percent chance that all these guys turns into studs zero percent chance that all six of these guys that people are looking forward to turn out to be quality major league baseball players on your on your team. That's just how it works. There's going to be busts. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be Meyer, I don't know if it's going to be Teal, Rafaela, uh, uh, Abreu, um, Blaze. I don't know which one of these guys is going to be the bust, but there are going to be a couple of them that are going to bust. Why would you not, even if it's for one season, just to get Juan Soto in here, show him what it's like to play for Boston for one season, compete because you if you trade for Juan Soto for one season, you're making other moves along with it to compete this season. Like that's been established, they're gonna do it no matter what. So if you get Juan Soto in here for a year, um, sorry, uh, I think the only per- two people on this team I'm not trading is probably Bayo and Casas for Juan Soto at this point. And Devers, obviously, they're not going to trade away Devers, yeah. and the Padres aren't going to take on Devers' contract. Yeah. So that's not even no. realistic. No. Um, no, I'm, I mean, and that's just crazy, too. It's not like, I don't know, I feel like there, for there to be, like, resistance among Red Sox fans for Blaze, it's like, wait, what? Like, I understand, like, okay, Roman Rant Anthony had a hot season. He's kind of, like, the top new prospect, right? Marcelo Meyer still has that, like, Ooh, and again, every team's top shortstop prospect gets so much hype, right? Like, so yep. I, I do know we know better, right? To like just be like, oh, he's gonna be a stud no matter what. He's exciting, sure, and they got him for a steal, and just like tanking in a meaningless twenty twenty season to get him all on board. Like, I can't wait to see what he's got. But for it to not be either of those guys, and it's like, like you just said, you're and not going to get six or seven splits. Like Teal, yeah, or T- Yo, Teal right. Anthony, yeah. and Meyer were not included in this hypothetical trade for freaking Juan Soto, who's 25 years old and the top two hitter, I would argue, still top three, top five, whatever you want to say. 25 years old. He hasn't hit his prime yet. And you don't want to trade away any of your top three prospects. Like, what? It blows my mind. Just blows my mind. And you know, too, if the Red Sox gave up a bunch to get a guy like that, which even if you don't consider that, a ton, I, I really don't think it's that crazy of a price considering what we've seen for other like other guys out there. Um, actually, ironically enough, think about how much it costs the uh, 
Padres to trade for Juan Soto initially. Exactly. That was a haul. But like if you if you're doing that, chances are you're super motivated to either extend him or sign him. So it's like it's not I feel like people just think it, oh, what if it's a rental? It's only one year. It's like, no, if you're gonna commit all that prospect capital that you just spent the last four years building up on a guy, chances are you're gonna do pretty much whatever it takes to sign him. And again, there, there's sure there's room for error if shit goes terribly um, and he or he just doesn't want to be here or something like that, like a almost like an Anthony Davis situation where it's just like that. That's why I'm so glad the Celtics never did that, because it was just yeah. like, right, this dude does not want to be here. It's evident, like whatever, or like man, like the Dodgers with Machado, like he just didn't True. didn't want to be there and left. True. True. Well, and even with that, though, I, yeah. Yeah, because the Machado one was only that was a deadline move, right? Yeah, that was only half a season, and, and it, didn't it cost was a, them a lot. It cost them nothing. Yeah, I was gonna say I can't even remember For a nothing. name from that trade that was like, oh well, they got so and so because the Orioles but... really screwed up not trading him the season before that, where they could have got an, a haul for a year and a half of Machado. Yeah, and they didn't. They held on for a year for whatever reason because they were still terrible and yeah. got nothing. <clears throat> no major league baseball players in that deal. Yeah, but no, I'm I'm completely with you though. I, I I know it'd be more fun if we disagreed on this, but at the same time, it's just like I I could not believe that too on Twitter of like Red Sox people being like, "What?" And even when you tweeted that, like your 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 tweet of kind of joking about like who's not available or like everyone that you trade on the Red Sox mm-hmm. and organizational standpoints, which is everyone basically, um, with a couple exceptions. But I mean, we're talking about the headliner of that trade, which again, it's not. That's the other thing. I feel like Yankee fans were trying to make it into a thing where it's like, "What?" I don't know if you saw this of like yeah. Yankees, every time the Yankees have to make an offer, it's like even a hypothetical, it's way more, but a team like the Red Sox, like it's a bunch of no names. It's like, no, like Blaze is a top, he's a top guy, but at the same time, from Red Sox fan perspective, he's not even a top 100 prospect right now. I know I think that's, what's crazy. And he's number, I know he's number three and he can shout out. If you didn't listen to last week's pod, give a, give a look at SoxProspects.com and our boy at hand. That's a lot of stuff out there. But uh, Blaze is like the number three prospect in the Red Sox farm system. But like we just said, you've got Roman Anthony, same age, same position. Uh, Rafaela, kind of same position if you consider him. I think and he's more be major a league ready at this point. So, outfielder in true, general, true. you know. Yeah, and it's just like one of those things where it's like we already have too many guys. We've got, I know, Yoshida's going to be around for a bit. Um, probably playing more outfield than DH realistically for the next few years. Um, you still have Verdugo in the mix, which I know we think that he's going to get traded or something, but still, it's just like, what are you doing? Why are you? Yeah, I don't know. I I think it's I think it's worth it, especially with a, a talent like Juan Soto. That would be crazy. Plus, did you see all the connections too? I did not realize he has a house next to David Ortiz. I think I saw. It's insane. I saw videos dude, of him like, dancing with Veritek and Pedro. Yeah, like all this stuff servicing up, and it's like, honestly, yeah, I'll give up. You know, it's kind of like you said, making a, a little mock mockery of it. Like, I'll trade Marcelo, I'll trade Kyle Teal, yeah. I'll trade any package of prospects, I'll trade Mookie Betts again, going back in time, I'll trade Rick Porcello's Cy Young Award, even though I love Rick Porcello. You know what? You can have their naming rights to Jersey Street. I don't care. Get Juan Soto over. You get to watch Juan Soto play for your favorite baseball team for a year, and more importantly, probably the most important thing actually in all of this hypothetical is that he's not a Yankee because that is a nightmare scenario to me, especially because you look at the people that they've 
you know, missed out on true. or didn't fit in, in the past five or so years. They weren't in on Bryce Harper for whatever reason. They weren't in on Manny Machado. They weren't in on Corey Seager. They weren't in on all these guys, all these hitters. Yeah, they went outside Garrett Cole. They got Carlos Rodon. They maintained Aaron Judge. But when it comes down to it, the Yankees are still going to be a threat this offseason to make a move. Um, they're not just going to run back. I don't think they're going to just run back the same thing. I do think Cashman is going to try to make another splash, but I think he's going to try to do it on the offensive, like uh, from an offense standpoint. I don't think he's going to make, maybe he'll go out and be aggressive with Yamamoto. I don't know. I don't think he will. I think I don't really see that. Yeah. I don't see I feel either. Like he invested so much money. I, I, I see them more so making a trade, whether it be, uh, a lot of the guys that we've talked about in the past that we're talking about now, it could be Juan Soto as Josh Jung just goes deep, probably would have been the rookie of the year without an injury, Josh Jung. Um, I think the Yankees are going to, they're going to try to make more. They're going to try to make a splash. And if you take away, if Juan Soto is actually available, which it all kind of sounds like he would be their best asset to move and get a couple pieces back without, because they don't want to, uh, spend any more money right now, supposedly. You know, that's what they're saying. They've got all those big contracts with Darvish and Tatis and Machado and Xander and Cronenworth is a contract. Xander that- Cronenworth got paid a little bit, right? Cronenworth got like a pretty solid deal and like Hayter's gone, Snell's gone. Um, I'm pretty sure Waka was on a one-year deal. So like they've got holes, they need depth and their farm system is still good. They still have some exciting like pieces, but it's really top heavy. The the Padres farm system is now because they fucking gutted it all for Juan Soto, and it, I I think it's a it's a good match match made in heaven. If if I had to say so myself, it lets you move Verdugo out somewhere else to get a a pitcher somewhere, you know Miami or whatever. And I I, I don't know. I think it would be awesome. It would be a dream come true. Even if it's just for a season, things don't work out and he moves on. I still got to watch Juan Soto play for the Boston Red Sox for a season. Give me a fucking break. I'm in. I'm so in. I feel you. No, it's it's one of those things too, where it's kind of interesting where the Yankees, like they might have, they probably have, I don't think their farm systems as good, but they, they would have enough, but they're just at a weird place where a lot of those guys are like on the cusp. And actually it probably hurts to have Jason Dominguez be hurt and yeah. out for at least the foreseeable future. Right. He'll probably be back to like, mid to late season, right? I feel like. Oh, that was yeah. late, late that he got and hurt. So maybe it not. is, you know, the Yankees are in a weird spot too, because they have judge and Stanton and Soto. You have those three guys. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that that's not really the best defensive outfield. I know judge is a fantastic outfielder, but um, yeah. that means Soto you got to play. You're just like, <laughs> that means you got to play both of those guys or one of those guys out in the outfield. And, um, which is fine, I guess. I I don't know. Um, I would take it if I was a Yankees fan, obviously. But yeah. um, I just it's just interesting though because it's like I feel like they do have their guys are either like too old and now they're like past the prospect status with a bunch of them, and even like an Austin Wells, like does that really move the needle for the Padres? Not really, right? <laughs> so it's just like no, no, no. They, I don't know how much unless they threw out like six of their top prospects. I think the Yankees would have to throw Mike King in there because yeah, he's got that like, Oh, are they going to flex him out to be a starter? Cause if, you know, if he can maintain that stuff and be a starter, like he had a couple, he had like a 13 strikeout game this year as a starter or something like that. He had some, you know, Rhode Island legend, by the way, in case you weren't aware, anybody listening, Hendrickson alumni. Um, Yeah. That's he, 
Uh, you could argue that Mike King is the Yankees' best trade piece right now. You can make That's that argument, call. I think. No, especially with Jason Dominguez being really out of the mix. He yeah. Can't really consider him as a. And so, I think no, they're at I, the spot where they don't agree. they don't want to trade Dominguez anyways anymore. Like he made like he got to the bigs. Like I think he's kind of stuck there. Now what are you doing with Volpe? What are you doing with the Peraza, Pereira, these other guys that were supposed to be good? I know Volpe had a really good defensive season, but like any he hit some bombs, stole some bags, but the OPS wasn't there. OPS plus wasn't yeah. there. The average wasn't there. Like, but if you're the Padres, are you excited about that? About Volpe, I yeah. you would. I think you'd be able to he talk yourself into it because I know a lot of Yankee fans are really comparing Volpe to Bobby Witt, uh, and the fact like, oh, look at their rookie years. Look at all this stuff. Like he could break out like Bobby Witt. I think Bobby Witt was a much higher like touted prospect than Volpe was coming just coming out of like just in the minors in general and making his debut like Mike Bobby Witt was getting legit Mike Trout comparisons which is a very very high bar to climb and to to hold up to but the fact you're just getting those comparisons it's pretty freaking crazy at 20 years old and and then Bobby Witt he didn't have a great rookie year he didn't have an awful rookie year he had a really bad defensive rookie year tidied that up and had a fantastic offensive rookie uh, second season with nobody protecting him by the way like that Royals lineup was awful this season so if I'm a Padres fan I can talk myself into Volpe being uh, something I'm interested in but at the same time where are you playing him you have to play him at second base do you want to trade like you're not moving Xander off a short you're not moving Machado off third so yeah. I, it it's a spot and, and you already have like a weird Cronenworth at first situation. Like yeah, exactly. Not first baseman. You're not pumped about that. And then you have Haseon Kim had a great year. Ex- oh, that's true. Haseon Kim was awesome. I remember in the last off season, um, there were kind of rumors floating around that the Padres wanted Tanner Houck for Haseon Kim. And I was like, I like laughed at it. And now I'm like, uh, yeah, I do that in basically a heartbeat. Yeah. I'm kind of out on Houck. Um, but I think yeah. I'm out on it because he is not a starting pitcher and they keep throwing him out there as a starter. Yeah, I feel like you could get more for what he is right now than what he would contribute, right? I feel like that's where it's like you can find other guys to do what he's probably going to do in his role. And so yeah, if I mean, if wants to do that and make him a starter and be like, we believe, like, sure, go do yeah. it. But like, I didn't really... If he's starting games next year, we're probably in some serious trouble. I that's what I was gonna say. If you, if we're at the point where Whitlock and Hauker out there starting games again, just like shoot me in the head. Jesus yeah. Christ. We Corey can't Cooper do... back. Oh my god, <laughs> like we can't be going through all that again. Jesus. Um all this being said, uh no move can even really be made until the Red Sox hire a GM. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. A lot of rumors floating out around there. What was your take on um, uh, the situation down in Miami with the Marlins? Yeah, I mean, kind of weird. It sounds like that the Marlins really fucked over um, Kim. How do you pronounce her last name? Don't know. That's why I didn't say it. <laughs> Kim Ng. Like, you know what? For all the stuff I've like read about her, yeah, we'll say that. Um, but, but as like she had a great. I don't know, I shouldn't say, but it was a pretty overall successful tenure as a GM. Uh, but, I mean, pretty big slap in the face by them to 
amidst all this, and again, she made the had them make the playoffs for the first time in 20 years, and their reaction is to make moves to hire like a, a president of baseball ops to basically be her boss. I completely understand why she would decline the option. And it's, yeah, I, I bet that's one of those things too, where like the Marlins are probably trying to be low key about it and hope that it, like that didn't get out. But like, that's just insane. So good for, good for her to stick up. And it's, I mean, kind of a boss move too to be like, yeah, I'm the first uh, female GM in like a major sport or at least a big four sport mm-hmm. in the United, at least in the United States. Um, and then to be like, <laughs> I'm out when it's like, she knows that she was like about to get screwed over slash I don't know just that's just weird right because you're just for you to make that type of impact and then to completely get just screwed over by your team that's just so I I don't know how much of a fit she is in Boston right as much as I want to be like on board with that I think it'd be cool I'd be fine with it but I just feel like it wouldn't be that different of a scenario than what she's probably was going to be in in Miami where I don't know. I feel like I, who knows if she'd really get the full reins in Boston. I just feel like it would be kind of another similar high move of like, okay, we got a person that we have in here. That's going to be kind of frugal, kind of, and again, credit to her for building a winner out of the Marlin situation. She made some, some pretty savvy trades this deadline too, with Jake Berger and uh, oh, who else they trade for? There's one for David was... Robertson, but he was terrible. Yeah, no, I think oh. Josh Bell. Maybe maybe even in terms of the uh Josh Bell. Louis Marcus. Oh, Josh Bell. Yes, thank you. That's what it was. Um, which that like panned out well, especially for like real, real freaking cheap. Um, yeah. Dude, Jake Berger, he's he's under a lot of control and he he hit over 300 for them. And he's not an average guy. So yeah. That, was. that was a great move. She's had like she hasn't drafted well. She hasn't like scouted well it looks like but she's made a lot of good trades and nothing not nothing too splashy in the free agency scene but if you're the gm of the marlins like what do you really have to work with down there you know that's true financially speaking it's like the only move you can make in our offseason probably it's (laughs) like like her knocks are like oh all she did was like sign jorge soleil and avisal garcia whatever is like yeah garcia was pretty bad like he ended up sucking that's fine but when Jorge, when Jorge Soler was healthy for for the Marlins, all he did was did what Jorge Soler does, and that's hit a bunch of tanks. So like that yeah. wasn't really a bad signing, and made plenty of good trades. You can argue that the Zach Gallon Jazz Chisholm trade is a win win. Um, I probably would say that's a win win. Like Pablo Lopez, Luis Rise, probably a win win. Um, Jesus Lazardo was yeah. a fleece. AJ Puck in there too. I would say was was. Uh, I'm a believer in him and as a reliever, I think he's going to be good. So like, she's made plenty of good moves. But I'm still in the same spot where I'm like, let's get some fresh blood. Let's get some a little bit of that unknown. You know, like I don't really know what to expect. Give me Craig Breslow or Sam Fold or I just saw that. Yeah, some of these Craig weird Breslow. names that I'm like, Craig Breslow as my GM. You know what? Like that's so crazy. I'm fucking in. Like give me that. That that's kind of where I'm at at this point. Yeah, it just it feels like that. It's whoever like is going to get this job is going to just be reporting to Sam Kennedy anyway. Like so, it almost feels like the person that's in charge is still in charge, right? And I know it's on a day to day like transaction thing. You're right; they can't make moves. Although I guess they uh, who they DFA. What's his freaking name? The reliever there. I didn't um, see that they made a move. 
like two days ago, I think. Um, oh, was- Caleb Ort. Yes, or it's just yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. I don't need a GM to do that. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't take rockets. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of insulting yeah. to him to be like, fuck me. <laughs> Nobody's um, in charge and I'm still getting let go. God damn. Yeah, like universally, they're like, <laughs> and no one's going to mind this. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, so it's, it is interesting. I feel like they are going to bring in some, like, I shouldn't say no name, but you're right, like a, a random person sort of, like, oh, okay. And if they do well, then they'll get promoted and become the next big name, but kind of, kind of more of the same yeah with high, like and it's all up to ownership that's where it's yeah so no i mean she would be cool to be honest but if for, for her to leave that situation i feel like she's going to be very picky about the next job she takes and yeah, I just i'm don't kind know of interested to where where she's going to go like i don't know how many openings exactly there, there are right now i, I know think it's just the red Sox and the marlins now well angels are still open too are they aren't they, aren't they? I'm pretty sure the Angels are still open. But she's probably going to take like some some role somewhere. I, I don't know where. Uh, but yeah, I wish her the best of luck. I think she's going to be good. Brief interruption from our regularly scheduled program to talk about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Pretty exciting time of year. You've got the NFL in full swing, college football, things are heating up, NHL just came back, baseball, you've got the playoffs in the World Series just around the corner, and you've also got the NBA and college basketball just about to return as well. Uh, it doesn't get better than that, in my opinion. And what better way to celebrate and enjoy those games than by participating in some wagers with DraftKings Sportsbook? You can download DraftKings Sportsbook now and use code SSBT to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting 5 bucks. Again, code SSBT only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. A lot of great promos and sports boosts um, on a nearly daily basis. A lot of fun ones to, uh, to sprinkle some action. Uh, even on those uh, those Thursday night games, World Series plays, etc. So, again, promo code SSBT uh, for new customers, and please enjoy. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Please call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resort in kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario see dkng.co slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the episode. Thanks. Let's talk a uh, just a few minutes here before we wrap up about the state of the Patriots. Uh, very, I know there's not much to talk about, but uh, very obvious this is the worst it's been 
since I can remember and, you know, my Patriots football fandom. Um, I know a few weeks ago we did a who, who would you rather have uh, at QB? Uh, Mac Jones slash Desmond Ritter versus this guy. Um, don't listen to what I was saying back then. Please. <laughs> <laughs> and, you don't want to go back and listen to. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, was I preemptive and sipped the Kool Aid there after a couple of good weeks against a couple of good teams? Yeah, maybe. But ever since then, it's been really bad. And granted, I'm not going to put 100% of the blame on bad quarterback play, although there has been a lot of bad quarterback play. It's just been like it, the team has just gotten no talent at all. Like Kendrick Bourne's a great ple- great piece, uh, but he shouldn't be getting 15 targets a game on an NFL team. Uh, you know what I mean? It's just like he's the only guy that can really make anybody miss and the only guy that can really get any type of separation. Uh, Mac Jones made probably his best throw of the season to Devontae Parker, who short-armed it and went right through his hands. At the end of that game, and then last kind of, week. I didn't love his yeah, post game. Didn't care too. for that. Kind of, kind of deflecting. Like, Come on, blame buddy. on that. Like, not only was there a guy on your fucking hip, like there always is, because Mister, I can't get any separation whatsoever. Uh, the ball yeah. was placed perfectly. Could not have placed it in a more perfect spot, and it just went right through your hands. It didn't hit your fingertips it went right through the middle of your hands you just dropped it and then mac takes a sack and everybody gets mad bad at mac for taking that safety like what are you going to do i don't know if you saw the replay of that play but like he took his three-step drop and there were three guys on him <laughs> like that offensive line yeah. is the that worst product crosby too, right? yeah, yeah it was max crosby he basically just ran around whoever the right tackle was at that point i can't even remember uh it's, yeah it's just a nightmare. They can't run the ball because by the time they hand the ball off, there's three guys in the backfield and Zeke and Ramondre <laughs> are not fast enough. Um, Ramondre is also just not having a good season as far as like advanced metrics go with NFL. Like he's not breaking tackles. He's uh, like a way down there in yards over expected and whatnot. Like he's just not having a good year and Zeke isn't a, he's just not fast. So yeah. By the time he gets the ball, there's two guys in his face already. And like, what do you, what is anybody supposed to do? Adrian Peterson can get out of that. But outside of that, I don't know anybody else can. And uh, the defense is just banged up. They, they're doing their best. Like, they had one bad game, really, I think, all year. And other than that, it's just like a, a pitiful product on the field. It really sucks. Where, where do you stand in terms of what you want them to do? Like, I guess A, to tank or not to tank. B, three questions. Do you do you want them to lose as many games as possible the rest of the way? Um, question number two would be, what what do you do with Mac Jones? Are you just letting him run out there? Are you throwing another quarterback in the mix? And then three, I don't know. I know it's a big talking head thing on like Boston radio, but like Belichick, are you thinking about doing anything there? Or are you just letting it ride? Um, if uh, I think. I'm probably in the my, I'm probably in the minority with all these. Yeah, but we got I can finish this. Um I'm playing the year out with Mac Jones unless he gets hurt, and then I'm seeing what I have in Malik Cunningham. Um probably nothing, but you never know. Um I don't care what goes on the rest of the season because there's so there's six or seven other just equally as awful football teams this year where you really have to go one in 15 to get the first pick, I think at this point. So 
Uh, that just doesn't seem fun at all. And then with Belichick, uh, I'm personally sticking it through, but I'm having a serious conversation with him that he needs to put his ego aside and get someone else in here in his ear to to bring in okay. offensive talent. Yeah. Build the GM. Build the GM should be replaced. Build a coach. I still have plenty of faith in putting together game plans and whatnot. Yeah, it, it's it's so interesting too because technically, if you remember, up until a couple of years ago, they did have a different GM. Yeah, um, he went to his, Houston, Nick Casario. Yes, yes, yeah. and now it's like Matt uh, Groh, kinda. But I think you give Matt Groh all the all, you know more power, or find someone else, or something like that. Uh, that's my take on it. Yeah, we're out of no, time. I'm with you. Um, I, I do. Sorry. Yep. We're out of time. So um, Desmond Ritter still sucks. Don't care. He's just might not <laughs> suck as bad when he throws to Kyle Pitts. Throw to Kyle Pitts more. Feed Kyle Pitts. You're right. Feed it's Kyle Pitts. Way. You've got good weapons over there. Feed him. All right. We'll be back next week on time. Hopefully we'll see how it goes. Free Kirk Cousins. Free Captain Kirk. Just not to New York. <laughs>